0: Off the high screen, Dorian, kicked to the corner, Feirano for three, it's good, with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores, J.D. Page. Or Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown, Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dump. Here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the five touchdown, Colorado State. Guess who's back? Just some of the stuff that Capri put on there definitely did not make McElwain look good, but we will get into that in more detail uh, in just a little bit. But first, I got to tell you about my friends over at Bojo's Pizza. Bojo's is Colorado's OG pizza location, and it's the only place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. Right now, they are offering 30% off takeout when you ask for it. Just call them and ask them up for it. Super easy, super convenient. If you do happen to get a delicious, delicious mountain pie, make sure that you tag them on social media. Tag us as well. Supporting our partners is a form of supporting us. These offers are good at all six of their Colorado locations, not just any one. If you can't hit up Bojo's in person, they do deliver through DoorDash. There's usually some type of special on there as well, like 20% off, $30 more, something like that. Make sure that you are checking out all the latest offers. Bojo's offers gluten-free options. They offer cheeseless options, plant-based options, and more. Their salad bar is tremendous. And remember, 30% off takeout when you ask for it. Shout out to Bojo's. Word, word, word indeed. We're back, y'all. We're back with another edition, a solo edition today. Uh, We'll have some more guests lined up this week, but I just kind of wanted to go over what's been happening, what's happening up in Agland, I mean, there's not a lot of sports news at the moment, obviously. But there's always things for us to talk about. And right now, let's start with a little CSU football. Bill Hempen and the Rams were able to add a grad transfer from the University of Creighton. Haley Black, a 5'7 defender, originally from Centennial, Colorado. She'll join CSU as a grad transfer for the 2020 season. Hempen announced this on Monday. Through the, uh, through the PR staff at CSU. A block will do so after graduating from Creighton in May with a degree in advertising and public relations. Ooh, I like that. Probably a good in- interview if she's a PR major, so maybe we'll be able to get her on the podcast or something. That would be dope. Uh, that's kind of one of my hopes, is to eventually start getting players on here as well. But um, here's a quote from that press release from head coach Bill Hempen. Haley will add four years of college experience to our program. She is quite athletic and can play as a midfielder or defender. I have known Haley for a while before she went off to Creighton, as she is a Colorado native. She is a gem of an individual and will fit in well with the group we have for 2020. Uh, Looking back at what Block did over her career, started 20 of her 23 total matches in a Blue Jays uniform, Uh, began back in 2016 with a redshirt season, In uh, 2018, she unfortunately had a leg injury that halted her redshirt sophomore year after six starts. Uh, She ended up wrapping up her career in Omaha with one appearance in 2019, came actually exactly one year after her injury. So uh, we'll be interested to see how she's able to respond coming back from injury and all that. But cool, you know, the Rams have had some success with Creighton in the past. That's where Kaylee Lordeman transferred to CSU from if you're unfamiliar with Kaylee Lordman quite frankly she's a beast absolute beast was a goal scoring machine for the Rams over the last 2 years don't know if you know block is going to make that same type of impact but always good to add Colorado natives and it's really interesting to see the uh, the interest in CSU soccer growing locally you're we're really seeing a lot of local players transfer back to CSU. And I think part of that is probably what Hempin has built up, the the successful foundation. They've broke the program record for wins in three consecutive seasons, I believe. Definitely the last two, uh, but I believe three. And you know, they're just they're getting back to their winning ways. I talked about it a lot in the fall, or they're establishing their winning ways. I should say you can't really get back to something if you never had them in the first place. But what Hempin has been able to do over these last, you know, five or six years is Really, really impressive. And I think eventually you're going to see it start translating with kids from Colorado signing with CSU out of high school. You know, it's good to see the interest in, in a lot of these people coming back to the state. But once CSU starts signing some of these top notch local players, you know, the program could really, really rise exponentially because the, the high school soccer scene in Colorado is very strong. Just, there are just, there's so many strong prep leagues. It's definitely one of the better states in the country for, for youth soccer. So just encouraging. I'm encouraged by it. I hope we hit a soccer season this fall because I think the, the Rams are on the verge of, of something special. So nice addition for Bill Hempen and the football squad. Now that we have covered that, let's transition over to the gridiron, to the other football. <laughs> Let's let's talk a little recruiting. CSU football picked up its second verbal commit for 2021. Three-star cornerback Lathan Adams commits to CSU football. Five foot nine, one hundred and sixty-pound quarterback, cornerback out of DeSoto, Texas. Eight total offers according to two four-seven. Most notably, I would say the University of Kansas and Les Miles, UNLV, everything they've got going with the new stadium, new staff, Marcus Arroyo. And SMU, which was actually where he was predicted to commit to, according to 247, uh, very strongly. I had him listed as 100%. But he committed to CSU on Twitter. Dallas Morning News actually ranks him as the number four cornerback coming out of Texas in 2021. So nice little, nice little addition for CSU. DeSoto is definitely a football hotbed. On Miller's from there. I believe that is where LaVisca Chenault is from. So nice, nice little addition for CSU's 2021 class. I actually have not had a chance to speak with Adams yet, but Eddie hers of the Loveland Reporter Herald was able to, this is a quote from his article, highly recommend you check it out. Communication and the relationship that the coaches had with me and my family were big. They treated me like family and they were the school that I was most interested in that was hitting me up the most. So I felt like it was the best decision for me. That, of course, came from the article that Eddie hers of the Loveland Reporter Herald published, my boy Eddie. Go check that out. Support his work as well as mine and uh, the guys at the Colorado one as well. I got all the love for the CSU beats. We're, the, we're a tight-knit community, and it's actually one of the things I enjoy most about this beat. <laughs> but getting, getting back on track here, always good to get solid athletes. I mean, obviously, you want to land players from Texas, Florida, California. We've talked about it in the past, but just get a guy for the secondary. I always like people that can come in and, and play early. You know, that's been big for CSU over the last couple of years. Rashad Ajayi, Keevan Bailey, guys that have been able to come in as true freshmen and really make an impact. I don't know if Adams will be that guy. I mean, we have obviously have a long way to go. Uh, ultimately, he still has to sign with CSU, and we all know how the recruiting process can go. But, you know, looking out for forecasting things, the the two commits that CSU has in McAllister and Adams, those are, those are two solid ballers. You know, I'd be pretty excited if, if CSU could keep building off of that. You know, if you're a Rams fan, you got to like what they are doing. I'm still interested to see how many top kids from Colorado that this staff is ultimately going to land over the next couple of years. They obviously have been hitting Colorado pretty, pretty hard. And I think to an extent the fact that they're not able to go out and travel right now probably means that they're recruiting Colorado even heavier just because those relationships have, have probably been established a little bit more than some of the other areas. You know, they, they really came in hard those first two months and and hit Colorado as their top priority. But you know, that's what Bobo did in his first year as well. And then he kind of abandoned Colorado I mean, he didn't abandon it, but it just definitely was never a top priority for him in a recruiting sense. So I'm curious to see, does Adazio continue to try and box him in? Does he continue to make Colorado his his top priority or one of his top priorities? Or now that he's had some time, especially like after next season, does he then you know go back to some of those national roots, which tends to happen with a lot of different coaches? So... That's just something that I want to keep my eye on. You know, I'm not I'm not saying he will do either way, but I, I'll be curious to see what he does. All right, that's pretty much the news that we have in Agland. Uh, now we're going to jump into that Capri Bibs situation. Definitely a wild thing to wake up to this morning. A shout-out to Rory Roth actually sent me a DM, told me to go check it out. Glad I didn't miss it. But uh, before we jump into that, got to talk about Breckenridge Brewery. Breck needs our help to keep the farmhouse kicking during these times. We got to do what we can to help their employees. Like I said earlier, supporting our partners is supporting us. Right now, you can use the code DNVR to save $5 off your meal. Call 303-803-1380. That's 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. for a pickup order. They'll even bring it right out to your car. You don't even have to get out of your car. It's like drive through but for clutch, delicious meals. Uh, if you can't hit up the farmhouse, you can order beer straight to your house through the Drizzly app. The 15-can sampler is the best bet for variety. You can get a little bit of Hot Peak, IPA, Colorado Core, Strawberry Sky, any of that stuff, Vanilla Porter, mmm, so, so good. Finally, if you're up north, I love the Breck Beer Locator. Really convenient. It'll tell you the closest liquor store near you with Breck Beers. This is great because I like supporting the local liquor stores, but I don't really want to just go somewhere blindly because you don't really know what type of selection they're going to have to offer. This takes all doubt out of the process. So clutch. Shout out to Breck. We love those guys so, so, so much. Second down. Bibbs looking left. Bibbs looking for the inside. Colorado State. His first career score. Bill. touchdown Colorado State from two yards out. Just absolutely caged down the right side of the Colorado State defensive front. And Capri Grizz is able to take it in for another huge play. First down and 10 for the Rams coming back the other way. Bibbs in the backfield. Imagine it'd be a, a little frustrating for Bibbs today. Nice run. Breaks one over the right side. Does he have enough to take off? Bibbs kicks it into another gear. He's got it. Touchdown Rams. All right, let's jump right into this Capri situation Put a little montage there to kind of put you in the state of mind. Think about that incredible 2013 season in which Capri had 281 carries, 1741 yards, averaged 6.2 yards per carry, rushed for 31 touchdowns. Incredible. 31 touchdowns on the year. And did so without ever starting until like week five. And so many of us always wondered why was that the case? Why did Capri not start until week five. Now, the common knowledge of the situation was always that Capri was not willing to bust his ass on special teams. He just didn't want to work hard. McElwain, generally considered a a very tough coach, wasn't going to let that fly. And even as talented as he was, Capri didn't end up starting. You know, he still played a lot, obviously scored two touchdowns against CU uh, in that 2013 Rocky Mountain Showdown. Really, really good game. The Rams ended up falling in that one, but they made it competitive. And like I said, Bibbs was really solid in that game. He, he had 70 yards on 15, 15 attempts, two touchdowns, averaged 4.7 yards per carry, was even better against Tulsa, nine carries for 83 yards. And then, you know, didn't really do much against Cal Poly, only had five carries against Alabama. That's crazy. Yeah, it's just weird. You can you can directly see at the beginning of the season like how few touches he was getting and it really seems like he was battling with the coaching staff. CSU loses to San Jose State at home on October 12th in a game which Capri only gets 12 touches and after that he just becomes he just becomes the bell cow. I mean, in on the road Capri gets 29 carries the next week, goes off for 201 yards, three touchdowns, gets 33 carries at Hawaii, uh, goes off for another three touchdowns in the loss to Boise State. He had three touchdowns, four touchdowns against Nevada, six touchdowns at New Mexico. Just insane. 169 yards in the Washington State win. Uh, Only had one touchdown, but it was a 75-yard run. Pretty, pretty good, if you ask me. But yeah, the the if you if you missed what happened, basically Capri went on Instagram this morning and let out a lot of dirty laundry about you know why he he wanted to leave CSU. He talked about an incident in training camp where they were doing the the conditioning and basically, I I won't use the language; it's very inappropriate. But McElwain, you know, kind of went off on him and, and really demeaned him. And you know, this was kind of something that went on for for months, is what it sounds like. It just kind of sounds like the two always clashed, never really got along. And there's there's gonna there's gonna be two sides of the argument on this, and I think we definitely need to talk about that. Um, based on what Capri put out there, McElwain does not look very good in this. But we have to we have to recognize that so far we only have Capri's side of the story because he was the one that willingly put it out there. I don't really think McElwain would be willing to comment on it at this point. Uh, I will reach out to him to, uh, you know, I'll reach out for comment over at CMU, but I'm sure they're going to talk about how they're, you know, focused on, you know, what they're what they're building there, and they don't want to talk about the past and all of that. Uh, I will say this: it's a situation where I wouldn't really be surprised either way. He was he was hard to handle, but on the other hand, McElwain. Who obviously was a winner and and had a lot of success and, and did a lot of great things at CSU, he was kind of a jerk. I know that from what I'd witnessed firsthand, I've heard it from a lot of players. You know, he didn't he didn't really develop those he didn't have a bond with the players. The one thing you can say about Mike Bobo, he genuinely cared about those players. And and they they got they they had a really tight-knit bond. There aren't a lot of guys that go to bat for McElwain in that sense. I know Garrett Grayson really defends him. Um, th- there's always going to be some. But this incident did not make McIlwain look good at all. And it's really just disappointing because if you think about what could have been in 2014, if they could have just found a way to, to work it out, that offense was already so crazy explosive in 2014 with what they were able to do through the air. And and they ended up running the ball pretty well too because D Hart transferred in from Alabama. But you know, no respect, no disrespect to D Hart, but he was no Capri Bibbs. You know, he he was just not as strong of a running back as Capri Bibbs was. He was a tough runner, very exciting, uh, really brought some swag to the field. I think about the way D scored in the in the 2014 win over CU. It's it's one of the the moments that stands out the most for me about that year. But you know, Capri was just such a beast, and that CSU team that went ten and two as is. You know, if you have Capri in the mix too, maybe you beat. You know, Boise State on the road. Who knows? You know, maybe you, maybe you find a way to win that game. I just, ah, it's it's tough. You know, it's it's tough to think about what could have been. Maybe you don't lose to Air Force in that in that final game. Although I think that, uh I really do think that loss on Air Force had more to do with Mac already having. A uh, one foot out the door, if not two feet out the door. At that point, I mean, he knew he was gone. <laughs> that's a that's a whole another discussion. But it was just interesting to see Capri so willingly to to put all of this out there. And I, I am interested to see if any of the other CSU players are going to come out and I you know argue it or <laughs> retort. It. I don't know. I'll I'll just be curious to see how everybody responds to this. At the end of the day, I, I tend to side with the players most of the time in these situations. And maybe it's just because I'm young. I know there's there's different mindsets on coaching. And it's not that I it's not that I don't support hard coaching or firm coaching. I just I never have understood why coaches have felt that they have to use you know, curse people out repeatedly or really demean somebody or, you know, make it these personal vendendas. There's there's hard coaching. And then there's bullying and and that's just kind of how I feel about the situation. I wasn't there. So I don't know. I don't know if everything Capri said was true, if maybe he's exaggerating a little bit, but even if it's, you know, like more or less true, it just, it doesn't make McElwain look good. And I just, I would like to see that style of coaching kind of die away in the next 20, 30 years or so. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm soft. I, I don't know. But I I just don't think it's necessary. I don't think to get the best out of somebody, to really push somebody, to get them to to take things to the next level. I don't think you have to you know totally demean them or or break them down. I just I don't think that's good coaching. I don't. I know that McElwain has the success. I know that he's won pretty much everywhere he's been. So you know he obviously knows what he's doing. But it it just makes me cringe when I think about players being in that situation because it's such an awkward power dynamic. You can't stand up for yourself. What, what are you supposed to do? You're going to get benched. You might get run out of school altogether. I just, it's such a, such a crappy situation. And I'm kind of tired of these coaches who have all the power, you know, flexing it and and treating student athletes like, like garbage. So that's, if anything, that's what we need to see change. You know, there's a lot of debate about student athletes being paid, and rightfully so. But let's uh, let's get, let's get rid of some of that bully-style coaching. That's my take on things. Uh, we will be back with more throughout the week. Much love to everybody that continues to support our work through these tough.